0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: We're going to dive right into this word. Thank you, Lord. Last week, we talked about the scandal, the scandalous, God's scandalous peace. Amen. Amen. And so today we're going to talk about fight for your peace. Fight for your peace. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Pray that you grant to me, your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly make known the mysteries of the gospel. Thank you for the gifts of the Spirit that have been in operation as you see fit. I thank you. You empower me to preach and proclaim your gospel to your people. Grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may notice the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? What is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe in Jesus' name? Say, Father, just lift up your hands and just take a few moments to minister to Father God, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit. Father, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, there is none like you. We take a few moments to minister to you. We thank you, we worship you, we honor you. There is none like you. We thank you, Father. You will never be defeated. You are the champion, you are awesome, you're the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, everything in between. And we praise you, we honor you this morning, and we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for your peace. Come on, let's just thank God for his peace. We thank you for your peace. It is in your peace that we we receive your peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with you. We have peace from you. And we have the peace of God. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And we honor you. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we'll do our communion at the very end. Um, we normally do it before the before the word but we'll do it in light of the subject that we're talking about fight for your peace amen the peace of God is a sustainer and especially during the time that you when you pray to the time that you actually receive your answer or the manifestation of what you're praying for how many know that God's peace will sustain you in between in the meantime you pray and sometimes you don't, you know, right? You don't, a lot of times, well, not a lot, sometimes you don't see what you're praying for right away, right? You, there, there's a period. So, um, I'm thinking about Daniel in the Bible, how he prayed in it 21 days, you know, to 21 days for the answer to be manifested. And so sometimes it's not immediately. And, and guess what sustains us in between the peace of God? God's scandalous peace. Why do we call it scandalous? It's because it trumps, it's an offense to our trouble. Amen. God's peace is scandalous. It's an offense and it trumps our trouble. Even in the midst of trouble, you can have peace in that. You can have peace in the storm. So when I talk about peace, I'm not talking about the absence of conflict. I'm talking about the presence of God. So, when we say peace, we're talking about the presence of God being with you and in you in the midst of your trouble. The Bible says in Psalms that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. And so, God is faithful. He's with us in trouble to deliver us, according to Psalm 91. Peace, according to Strong's concordance, peace is prosperity, it's quietness, it's rest, it's shalom, completeness soundness. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a state, an internal state of, of being one with God. God sends his peace from the Lord Jesus Christ and from the Father. Many times the Apostle Paul and the other Apostles will write grace to you and peace from God our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have double peace for whatever we're going through, from the Father and from the Holy Spirit, Peace from God means nothing missing and nothing broken. Shalom. And we said this a couple weeks ago, peace with God produces peace from God, which produces the peace of God. Peace with God produces the peace from God and the peace of God. Good news. Amen. So go with me. You're familiar with this. John chapter 16. Today, we're going to talk about how to fight for your peace, how to maintain your peace, how to keep your peace in the midst of whatever you're going through. John chapter 16. We shared this scripture last week, I believe, and the week before. But it, I know mean, it's good to hear it again and again and again. John chapter 16, verse 33 says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. But in the world, you'll have tribulation. Yes. But take heart. I have overcome I have overcome the world. Yes. Yes. And so Jesus has um, given us two situations. Yes. In him, we have peace. But in the world, we'll have trouble. Uh-huh. We have tribulation. Yes. I choose to be in him yes. in the world. We're in this world, but not of it. Amen. And how many know that there's times that you're going to have some, some trouble around you, some pressure? Just because you are a person of faith and you follow Christ doesn't mean that you won't have pressure. And, and, and I shared this last week, but it, it bears repetition. Second Corinthians chapter four, the apostle Paul who, who wrote two thirds of the New Testament, who was who saw Jesus in a vision, who was a man of faith, raised someone from the dead. Um, Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing Power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, because Percy's not cute. Persecuted, you're supposed to laugh at that. Uh, persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Yes. You know. So here's some pressure. Jesus said this in John, he says, let your heart not, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So it doesn't say that we're not going to have some things that we're tempted to be troubled. But it says, let not your heart be troubled. We're going to have some pressure. The more you and I are like Jesus, the more the pressure is going to be on us. The more we're like Jesus, the more the world is going to hate us. Did you know that? The more we're like Jesus, the more the world is going to hate us. Yes, yes. So it says, do not be troubled. Yes. Don't allow trouble to get inside of you. Yes. Though you're perplexed, though you're persecuted, because Percy's not cute. <laughs> though <there's>, you're perplexed. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> Light it up. You can have fun at church. Um, uh, though there's pressure, don't let that pressure get in you. You got to guard your peace. You got to fight for your peace. I refuse to allow pressure to get the best of me. In the midst of a pandemic, things are crazy, but we have the peace of God. The peace of God is sustaining us. Some of us got blessed with homes during the pandemic, new jobs and raises and, and, and blessed, all kinds of things in the midst of a pandemic. The peace of God is a sustainer. Glory to God. The peace of God is a weapon against stress. And it gets anxiety. You'll be tempted to get stressful. There, there are times that you, you just don't know what to do. But if you'll just draw yourself, remind yourself that you're in Christ. I'm in him. It's in him I live and move and have my existence that God hides me in Christ for my life is hid in Christ. Glory to God. I'm under the shadow of the Almighty. And though there's pressure, it doesn't have to get inside of me. Pressure does not say that you're not saved, you're not serving God. It's just, it's just you're in a fallen world where there's a lot of pressure on us, a pressure to give into temptation, a pressure to stress, a pressure to worry, a pressure to, to just speak whatever comes to our minds. But we're people of God. We're to live differently. Yeah, we'll go through trouble, but the trouble won't get in us. We will trouble our trouble with the peace of God because his peace is scandalous. It troubles our trouble because the trouble is like, trouble is over here like, what's wrong? I'm trying to get them off the faith. I'm trying to get them in, in fear, and, 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 and we're just at peace. Amen. Amen. Even as Jesus, I said this last week and the week before, Jesus and Jonah, they slept in the storm. Amen. How many know you need to sleep in the storm? One of the most faithful thing that you can do is sleep in the midst of a storm. And I'm talking about the storms of life. Go to sleep and trust God. He neither never sleeps nor slumber. And so if he's up, I don't need to be up. Both of us don't need to be up. I need to go to sleep. I go to sleep in faith. I wake up in faith. I rest in faith. Come on. <laughs> That's what you got to do in God. We're, we're going to trouble our trouble with peace. Fight for your Peace. Guard your peace the world the devil it's sin they want to rob us of our peace Glory to God I'm talking about permanent peace eternal peace peace that produces stability in the believers life too many Christians are flaky <laughs> They just go with whatever flows How many know that we need it to be stable? We need to be like that tree planted by the rivers of water and, and everything that we do flourishes Glory to God. The peace of God. It is God's aggressive weapon against Satan himself. Satan, he doesn't understand. The Bible tells us in Mark 4 that Satan comes immediately for the word. And he causes trials and tribulations for the sake of the word. So the more word you get in you and understand and live out, the more you become a threat to the devil. The devil is not afraid of you and I reading the Bible, even coming to church, even giving. But he's afraid of us understanding what the word of God says and who God is and who we are in Christ. That's when we become a threat. The apostle Paul was a great threat against the enemy because he had abundance of revelation of who Jesus is. He understood the risen Christ. He understood who he was in Christ. And so therefore he became a threat. Satan, you and I become a threat to Satan when we live out this word that we read about every day. And unfortunately, so many Christians don't even have a prayer life. They don't even have a study life. They don't even have a devotional life. They don't even spend time daily in the word and with God. How many know 10 minutes with God is a whole lot better than 24 hours without him? (laughs) That 10 minutes could carry you for days. So spend 10 minutes, 10, 20 minutes with God. When I was a youth pastor, I was used to encourage the young people to do 20 minutes of power, five minutes of prayer, five minutes of praying in, in, the, in the Holy Spirit, five minutes of studying the scriptures, and five minutes of worship. 20 minutes of power will carry you a long way that day. And God is not looking at the quantity, but the quality of time. For five minutes of faith will get you throughout the day. So you got a lot of stuff going on. You got life happening. Spend that time with God. Pull out the scriptures, even if it's a Proverbs a day. Now, don't just stay in Proverbs. 20 years from now, you shouldn't just be reading a Proverbs a day. <laughs> you should have graduated. Like, I'm, I'm training my fourth grader. Now, we're just reading Proverbs a day. So he'll read a Proverbs. What does that mean? I don't know what the ant has to do with Jesus. <laughs> Everything. Boy, you're not going to be lazy. <laughs> Let's look at the ant. Let's go outside and find some ants. You see how they work? That's the way God wants you and I to work. <laughs> because <laughs> work is worship <laughs> amen so so we, we we need to spend that time studying the scriptures and getting excited about the word of god amen don't 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 pull back uh, recently i received my aunt she, she she recently just had a stroke and she says nephew what what's going on i was i was actually going into the things of god i was i began to seek god like never before why did God allow this stroke to happen to me? And I told her with boldness and humility and respect, I said, don't ask the question, why? The question is why, why this? Why did this happen? I'm not, I'm not saying that God is afraid of our why, but why can trip you up. <laughs> why? What is the purpose of this trial? I said, the trial comes to destroy you, auntie. It was no, the purpose is to destroy you. Don't ask why, ask what must I do to put into practice? The Bible tells us when we fall into diverse kinds of trials, what are we to do? Count it all joy. (laughs) So it's an opportunity to believe what we believe. It's an opportunity to put into practice what we've been trained. See, a lot of times people look at the church as, the ho- as a hospital. And yes, it's a hospital. I'm not coming against that philosophy. But it's more than a hospital. It's a school. <laughs> in church, you are being equipped for the life, for life. You're been trained so that when you get out there in the game of life or in the school of life, you can, you'll have many tests. And that test is an opportunity to what you've been trained for to put into practice. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes when you go for a test, you, you, know, you don't get a chance to ask the questions. That's right, because right, you've you, been tested. And sometimes when we're in a test, it's not the time to ask why. <laughs> it's the time to put into practice what you believe. Yeah. The Bible calls us to fight the fight of faith. Yeah. We're to fight for what we believe in. Yeah. The devil will test you on what you believe. Yeah, I believe God wants us to, to be prosperous. He'll test that area. God, I believe God wants me to have peace. He'll test your peace. How many have been, peace been tested this week? Yes. <laughs> He'll yes. test you in the area of peace. Whatever area you have, you noticed? whatever area I'm preaching about, that's the area that you've been tested in. I preach about prayer. Oh, God, I, it was hard just to pray. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want to raise a hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's challenging. So what, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> whatever Whatever you hear and whatever you believe in, you'll be tested in. Your faith is to be tested by the enemy. Yes, yes. And, and, and what, what comes out of it will bring glory to God. Yes. Amen. Are you, will you still stand in the midst of a test yes. when everything around you is falling apart you still believe in God. Yeah. Though he slay me, I keep on trusting. Though, though a thousand fall in my right hand and ten thousand at my left hand, it'll not come nigh me. I keep holding on to Jesus because he keeps holding on to me. <laughs> I, my, my, my action of holding on to him is a f- release of my faith that the fact that he's holding on to me. It's not so much that my strength is in myself, but in his strength that he's keeping me. Because when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. Glory to God. Fighting for your peace. Go with me to Numbers chapter 6. Numbers chapter 6. We're, we're talking about peace. We're ending our series about peace this today. And then to, next week, we're, we're going to talk about the Christian mind. Next month, we're going to focus on the Christian mind. Fight, fighting for your peace. Go, Numbers chapter 26. Numbers chapter 26. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Numbers chapter 26. Let's look at verse 22. I think I got that wrong. I'm sorry, Numbers 6. <laughs> I hit y'all in 26. Numbers chapter 6. God is so concerned about numbers, he named a book named Numbers. <laughs> God so loved the world. God. How many know that God is after the world? He wants the world to be saved. God sent God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world may be saved through him. Amen. He's after the world. The devil's church is larger than God's church, but God is after the world. He wants the world to be saved, saved and set apart for his glory. Numbers chapter six, verse 22. This is Aaron's blessing. The Lord spoke. Let's real quick. I'll say this in a minute. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, I said this, shared this last week, but it, it bears repetition. It says, speak to Aaron and his sons saying, thus, you shall bless the people of Israel and you shall say to them, how many know that the blessings of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow with it? So when the Lord blesses you with something, if you get something in your life, how do you know it's from the Lord? It's going to add to you. It's not going to be burdened. So let's say you get approved for a car and you go and get the car and you make the car payments. It's not going to be a burden. Mm-hmm. It'll be the easiest thing that you ever paid off. Mm-hmm. If it's a burden, I'm talking about it, it like you got to believe God for the next penny. It's not from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow to it. How do you know if a person is from the Lord that comes into your life? They'll add to your life. They won't take. They'll add. If they take. When I'm talking about taking, I'm talking about they won't drain you. <laughs> they won't drain your strength. They will be a blessing. They will bless you. And so our prayer is, Lord, make me a blessing. And we should add to people. What can I add to their life? The presence of God. The wisdom of God, the joy of God. Let me bring some peace in on this job. There's chaos, but I'm going to bring peace. I'm not going to yield myself to gossip. I'm going to speak blessing. No, we're not going to talk about the supervisor. No, we're not going to talk about this job, this organization, because this job God is using to meet my needs. <laughs> Come on. How many know that God uses our jobs to meet our needs? Don't curse the hand that is blessing you. God is using that channel to feed you. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Come on. Let's praise God for our jobs. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, you may not, it may not be your dream job, but it's, it's an avenue to get you to where he wants you to go. Amen. Um, verse 24, it says, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The word bless in the Hebrew, it means to empower, to prosper, to empower for success. So when we talk about the blessing of the Lord, we're not talking about things. We're talking about the empowerment to succeed. The difference between a, bless, a blessing and a cursing, a curse, a curse is the empowerment to fail. The curse will empower you to fail, set you up to, for failure. But the blessing will set you up for success. How many know that when God places his blessings on your natural, <laughs> he's setting you up for success. And so here, the the blessing of Aaron is that the Lord bless you. The Lord empowers you. He empowers you on your job. He empowers you in your family. He empowers you in your mind, in your money, in your body. Come on. We want the blessing of the Lord. He says, may the Lord bless you. May he empower you. May there be shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken. Then not only does he bless you, the next part says, and keep you. So he sends his empowerment to, 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 impact, to set you up for success. Yes. Then he turns around, he sustains it. He, 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 helps, he helps you to multiply in that area. Yes. Uh, not only does he prosper you, but he keeps you prosperous. <laughs> uh, not only does he provide health, he keeps your body working. <laughs> He keeps your limbs active. Come on. He keeps your mind running. Uh, He keeps your arms moving. Come on. He keeps blood running through your veins. Not one time, but continue. He sustains the world by the power of his word, the word of his power. He keeps us. The Lord bless and keep you. This is a prayer. And it goes on. and says the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May his glory be upon you. May your presence bring his presence in the situation. May your presence bring his peace. The Bible tells us in Matthew 5, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And so we should be peacemakers. Everywhere we go, we should be making peace. Let's make some peace wherever we go. Let's bring peace. There's drama, peace. Wait, I speak peace, my presence brings peace. I'm no drama person. I bring peace in a situation I br- where there's confusion. I bring peace where there's lies. I bring truth where there's sickness. I bring health where there's lack. I bring prosperity. Come on. Yes. How many know that God will bless your job, your company because you're there? <laughs> um, you, you, God will bless your children's school because your kid is there. Amen. And on the way, I was taking both of my boys, my nine-year-old and my three-year-old. I was taking them to school, and I was praying for them. Lord, I pray that this school doesn't have any cases of COVID-19. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus to all the teachers and all the, his, their peers, upper school, middle school, elementary, and pre-K. God, I pray, Father, that you give the administration wisdom. God, I thank you, you know, you pray and you ask for God's blessing upon the whole school system. Glory to God. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. May his may his presence sustain you. May, May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May his face shine upon our finances. May his face shine upon our marriages. May his face shine upon our bodies. May his face shine upon our children. Come on. We want his face to shine upon everything we do and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift, you, lift up his countenance upon you. And listen to this. And give you peace. Give you shalom. Give you nothing missing and nothing broken. You may be lacking naturally. His presence will make up the difference. His wisdom will make up the difference. He can get you the money. <laughs> See, money is not an issue. <laughs> he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He can send one, one guy, a, a good friend of ours, he, um, he would tithe every Sunday, and he began to write student loan debt, debt cancellation. Every Sunday, he wrote it on his envelope. And then one day, he got a letter from them saying, you're completely debt-free from your student loans. He says, wait a minute, this is not right. So he, he ain't be, he's not some dumb, dumb, deep Christian. Oh, I've I received it, and never can call back. He called and said, are you sure? Because I'm sure I owe over $100,000. And they're like, no, mister, you, you, you're totally debt-free. I don't, we, we don't know what happened, but you, you should just leave it alone. And he called again. He kept calling every day for a week. Are you sure? I just, before I testify or testify, I want to make sure that there's no, no loan with on, on my student loans. And um, they told him, he got, he said, please send me a letter. <laughs> he got the letter and then he testified. Right. But he wrote on his ties envelope every single week. Student Loan Debt cancellation. So I was like, wait a minute. I know I give electronically, so I do it on my, le- in that little part, if I do cash out, for Student Loans Debt cancellation, <laughs> Glory to God. Come on. Praise God. Amen. So this scripture, that the Lord bless you and give you peace. God speaks, fight for your peace. Everybody say, fight for your peace. Go to Isaiah 54. Go ahead. Say it. Fight for your peace. Amen. Isaiah 54, let's go there. Isaiah 54, thank you, Lord. We're talking about peace, God's peace. Last week, we talked about scandalous peace. God's peace is scandalous to our trouble. It it, it trouble our trouble. (laughs) The trouble is like, what's going on? I can't get them out of the faith. I can't get get them to give up on God. That peace will keep you when everything around you is crazy. Glory to God. When your marriage is not looking right. The peace of God, when your kids are looking funny. The peace of God, when your money is funny. The peace of God, when your job is funny. The peace of God, home is acting up. The peace of God, amen. God's peace is there to keep you. Isaiah 54, verse 13. Everybody who has children or will have children. Here we go. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. How many know you should be teaching your children? Amen. You're either teaching them good habits or bad habits. So teach them. Spend time daily teaching them the word. You need to put the word of God in your children every day. If it's just a scripture, uh, you know what they say, apple, they used to say an apple a day would keep what, the doctor away, right? Oh, yeah. I used to teach a scripture a day will keep the devil away. Amen. Amen. And it is written. <laughs> so I need, I need to empower my kids to fight with scriptures for our weapon Our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but it's spiritual, against principalities and powers and and high beings in high places. So I need to equip them with the word of God. I got 18 years to teach the gospel, preach the gospel, display the gospel for to set them up for success. So it says great. Every one of all your children shall be taught by the Lord. Verse 13. And great shall be the peace of your children. You should highlight it, underline it, memorize it. So I need to teach my kids the ways of the Lord so their peace could be great. (laughs) So when they're old, they say, oh, I remember having peace with mama. I remember having peace. Mama taught me, my daddy taught me the ways of God, taught me how to pray, taught me how to live. And it's because of that I have peace. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, let me give you some practical steps of how to fight for your peace. It's one thing to hear good messages and you're like, oh, wow, praise God, peace, peace, peace. But how do you live this out? How do you live this out? Monday comes (laughs) quickly (laughs) and you got to go to work. You got to go to school. What are you going to do? You got all this pressure. So or before you get home from church, your kids are acted up. Talking to myself, the kids are acting up. Are you trying? Okay, I'm hungry. Can we stop? Oh, I don't know what it is, but some McDonald's are expensive. <laughs> the one in Perth Amboy, it. it's like they jacked up their prices. It's like, wait a minute, eighteen dollars for this? Wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know. Is it per per franchise? <laughs> Something's going on. They know the church folks going be hungry, <laughs> uh, so you got to have peace. Everybody's like, I'm hungry. Can I have your phone now? Oh, Bobby. no, today's the Lord's Day. What do you mean? Every day's the Lord's Day. No, today's the Lord's Day. We're not going to look at the phones. Maybe at 3 o'clock, but not now. (laughs) All right, here we go. I'm going to give you six steps, or not necessary steps, but six ways to fight for your peace. The first one is prayer. You know this. Prayer evokes God's peace when you do it properly. As uh, you need to see this, even though you know it, you need to see it. Philippians chapter four, verse six. Let's go there. Philippians chapter four, verse six. I think I do a disservice by assuming you see it and you know it. But how many know sometimes it takes a hundred time and you get it like, oh, that's what you're saying. <laughs> Philippians chapter four. Let's go there. Philippians chapter four, verse six. Philippians chapter four, verse six. And we go here and it says, do not be anxious. Don't worry about it. Don't be anxious about anything, you know. It's easy to be anxious, to get wor, to start worrying about it. The guy who's used- growing up, there was a song called "Don't Worry, Be Happy." Uh, that's that's scriptural. <laughs> don't don't allow the troubles of this world to make to trouble your heart. Don't let it get inside of you. We're never to allow. If you notice, the the Bible never tells us to try God. Or to, when I say try, I know Malachi says prove me, but in a sense, try living right or try peace. But it tells us to, to allow the peace of God. Let the peace of God rule in your heart and your mind. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Um, so we're, it says, don't try not to be, don't try not to worry. It says, do not be anxious. Do not worry. So here's a command. Don't worry. Worrying is a sin. Did you know that? Worry is faith in the devil's words. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm just concerned about my kid. I'm concerned about my health. Don't worry. But it tells you what to do. Don't sit back, do nothing. It says, but in everything. Everybody say, in everything. everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So, So pray about it. Make your petitions known to God. Let your requests be made known to God. But include some thanksgiving. And here we go. Verse seven in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when you pray, you should pray yourself into a place of peace. If you have prayed yourself into a place of doubt and unbelief and worry, you didn't do it right. (laughs) Let's go back to the formula. So pray, you know, petition God, supplicate. Bring your petitions. Make your requests known to God. Be specific. Lord, you know how I'm feeling right now, but he wants you to tell him how you're feeling. Lord, you know the anxiety that is upon me right now. I come to you, and I'm I'm giving you my problems. I'm casting my cares upon you. This worry, this weight, this burden, I'm giving it to you. And what some people do is they take it back <laughs> after they finish praying about it. So they just nullify their prayers. <laughs> don't, once you give it to him, don't take it back. Oh, let me take it back. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I to do? No, no. Give it to him. Lord, I trust you. I, I release this to you. I cast this upon you. And I want to thank you with thanksgiving. I thank you, God, that I am free from worry. I'm free from this care. I thank you, you're meeting my needs. I thank you that my body is whole and healed and complete. I thank you, Lord, that the wisdom to raise these kids, the wisdom with my finances, the wisdom on the job. I trust you. Though things are going crazy, I hold on to you because you held on to me. And I give you. And when you do that, guess what happens? He rewards you in the midst of your prayers with peace. He says, here's some peace. Peace. I want to let you know that I got this under control, so experience what I'm experiencing, how I live. Come and live like how I live. I live in a, in a realm of peace. Nothing moves me. Pandemic doesn't move me. People going crazy doesn't move me. They're acting up on television, social media. They're killing people. It doesn't move me. My plans will prevail. The, though the devil thinks he's having his way, but Jesus is still Lord. So he invites us to partake of his peace. So so you cast, you pray, and you pray yourself into a place of peace. Don't go around carrying that burden. Give it to the Lord and leave it there. And worship God that the fact that He has it. I acknowledge you that you are my you you bear my my cares. You carry my cares. Because worry will put you in a hospital. Anxiety will cause you to make wrong decisions. Fear is having faith in the devil's words. Uh-huh. Don't be afraid. Say, I'm not, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not afraid of the dentist. I'm not afraid of the doctor. I'm not afraid of reports. I'm talking about doctor's reports, bad reports. Okay, just the opportunity for Jehovah Jireh to show out. Amen. Lord, I thank you for our opportunity. Oh, you know, you got to move out in 30 days. Thank you, Lord. You're faithful. If they kick me out, you'll have a better place for me. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get the job. Guess what? He got a better job for me. You got to flip that thing. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, He rewards us with peace. So, you got to pray. So, how to fight for your peace? You got to pray. Second is you got to increase your word level. Mm. You got to increase your word level. So many people, they don't really have the word of God in them. Mm -hmm. Because what's in you in a time of adversity is going to show up. And if your strength is small in the day of adversity, strength is small you know you got you got to go beyond that Uh, when when, how do you know the word of god is dwelling in you the word of god dwells in you to the extent that you live it. it's not what you know you can quote scriptures i got an uncle when he gets drunk and high he quotes the whole bible king james version he preaches. I'm like, yo, you anointed boy. <laughs> With your drunk self on your way to hell. <laughs> and he be making sense. I'm like, Lord Jesus, if he can only get sober and understand the scriptures, so he can live right. He maybe can have a ministry and bless a lot of people. <laughs> but he get high and you're like, what in the world? Like, I don't understand. This is a mystery to me. But you don't live nothing. <laughs> so it's not what you know, but it's what, how you live. So, so if you're living it out, that's the fact that you know the word. It says, abide in me and my words abide in you. You should ask what you will. So if the word of God abides in us to the extent that we're living it, then we can ask what we will. We're not going to ask for something crazy. We're going to ask in his word, the the one that's lined up with his word. And so you got to increase your word level. Some people are poor in the word. Mm. Psalm 119, let's go over there real quick. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I don't want to keep you all day. I know y'all trying to beat the Baptist to the buffet. (laughs) Psalm 119. (laughs) Uh, Psalm 119. Let's look at verse, Psalm 119, verse 165. Here we go. 165 says this. 165 says, great peace have those who love your law. So God's word, if we love on the word and get the word in us, the peace of God will increase. So if you want to increase your peace, increase your word level. Get the word of God in you. Memorize it. Even now, my mom can tell you when I was a teenager, I had scriptures all around my room, little scriptures. Back in the day, they used to have promise books, you know, this little box, a promise box, with all these little scriptures, and I took it. and I, I don't know if I even asked her if I could have it, but I took tape and put them around my, so every time i go to the closet, you know, I'm quoting the scripture. Every time i go to the stereo, st- stereo i will go to the, I'm quoting the scripture. Well, in my, in my study, I have on the window, and my wife's like, can, can we please do something about this? This looks crazy. I I, I printed out some scriptures and and glued them and and cut them up. I look like a third grader, (laughs) and I glued them on my wall and I got scriptures, death and life under the power of the tongue. I mean, and I'm reminding myself, he that works his land shall prosper. (laughs) You know, a man's gift will make room of room for him. And so I'm re- keeping that in my mind because I'm in a Ph.D. program. I'm keeping that in my mind like, hey, my gift will make room for me. Death and life are the power of the tongue. I say I can understand. I'm, I'm translating Daniel 6 tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm translating Amos. I'm anointed to translate these scriptures. I'm anointed to learn Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic. I thank you. I'm anointed. for I'm just trying to learn English. I'm, I'm anointed to write. I can write thousands and thousands of pages in Jesus' name. I'm anointed. He gives me the, the, the mind of a writer. He, he anoints me. Uh, I I, got to keep that before me so you get the word of God in you you go to sleep with it Um, they're coming out with something uh, unique for children now it's called ICB International Children's Bible and they have children reading scriptures for the first time. See, there is no excuse for us not to get the word in us and in the kids. You go to bed listening to scriptures. You got Alexa. You got Siri. You got Bible on app, YouTube. You could go to bed listening to somebody reading the scriptures. <laughs> get up. Brushing your teeth. Well, you got time, so brush your teeth. And listening to the word of God, you can go through the whole Bible. Now, that's not a substitute for you to read, <laughs> but you, you can at least doing that. Instead of li- listening to the bad news, this person and die. It's coronavirus killing out everybody. You can buy Jesus stripes. I'm healed. <laughs> you know, while you floss your teeth and get ready, even at dinner time, put, put some, some, some scriptures on listening to the word of God, looking for opportunities to get the word of God in us. Amen. So increase your word level. Colossians 3, 15, 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. When your word level increases, so will your peace. And guess what? So will the threats of the enemy. The more you become more like Jesus, the more the world will hate you. The more you get the word of God in you, the more the enemy will become, you become a threat to the enemy. The more their attacks the greater you go in God. And so this is what I was telling my aunt. I said, listen, just the simple fact that this came upon you as you were seeking God is an indication you're doing something right. So don't ask why did this happen. Say, what must I do to apply this? Let me seek the wisdom of God now. And I began to encourage her. And she says, I want to let you know, nephew, I took your word and I applied it and I started Walking today with some assistance, praise God. I said, Thank God for the fact that He spared your life. Don't, don't look at it, what did this happen? No, you're still alive. There's an opportunity to praise God. Amen. So increase your word le- level. So number one is prayer. Two, increase your word level. Number three, possess a clear conscience. There's no peace to the one who hasn't had their conscience cleansed by the blood of Jesus. How many know that your conscience is, if you're born again, your conscience is the voice of your human spirit and your spirit is letting you know, don't do that. How many know you need to follow your conscience? You need to have a clear conscience. Now your conscience is a safeguard if you're saved and you got the word of God in you. Now for people who are not saved, their conscience, they can't trust their conscience because their conscience let them do anything. To be reprobate means to be void of judgment. You have no mind, no understanding of the judgment of God. You, it, 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 it's, it's a, to, to be secular is to, be, to have a worldview without God in it. So, so we don't want our conscience to become secular. We want to be sensitive to our conscience, possess a clean conscience. Paul says, I work daily to, to have a, a clean conscience before God and man, a, a clear conscience. So you need to make sure your conscience is clear before the Lord. Okay, so let me give you an example. Um, <laughs> how many people drink coffee? Raise your hand if you drink coffee. Let me see your hands. If you drink coffee, I see all the sinners. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, my wife, my wife drinks coffee, so. and my fourth grader. I don't understand that. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> they tell me you drink coffee. I don't drink coffee. So when you drink coffee, it's hot, especially when it's really hot. You, it, it, what happens? It, it can burn your esophagus, right? Over time, if you keep drinking it while it's hot, what happens? This becomes, like, it's it's void or it has, you're not sensitive to the heat anymore, right? And so you can just, you know, I've known of people who had a hot pot of coffee and drunk the hot pot pot of coffee with no no problem because over time they burned those nerves. So what happens when you and I override our conscience over time, we'll become uh, numb to, whatever god is telling us not to do so you got to guard your conscience when you know this is not right or you're looking at something and they're using um (laughs) languages that are not left into jesus you're like "Mm, something ain't right and inside of you it goes off something's not right something's not right how many ever heard that it might not heard that, that voice like that but inside of you something's not right don't do it don't go there don't say that obey that that is the voice of your human spirit and your spirit got born again when jesus came inside so you can trust that You're like don't go down that direction Nope. don't get in cars with that person Nope. don't do it uh, don't 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 turn on that television because you can see something expose yourself to something and it can stay with you for the rest of your life A mentor of mine, he he, he read certain books when he first got saved. He said those books stayed with him all the way until he was in his 80s. The books of doubts and unbeliefs. So you got to be careful what you expose yourself to. There's a, a wonderful man of God by the name of Rick Renner who's in Russia. He's a pastor. And he, at one point, when he was in high school, him and his friends stayed up like for three days straight. I don't know how they did it. Three days straight looking at scary movies. Back in the day, it was Friday the 13th, 1, 2, and 3, Halloween, 1, 2, and 3, (laughs) Jaws, all these other pictures. Now it's crazy stuff. Um, The devil made me do it. (laughs) All kinds, Carrillo, all kinds of stuff going on. And so um, so he said that from 1819 all the way, he is probably in his late 60s, early 70s, up to like 10 years ago, he couldn't go to sleep without uh, a nightlight. A man of God who built a church in Russia <laughs> was, had that stuff stay in him, the fear of going to sleep at night because he thought somebody, Jason was going to come and get him. <laughs> I mean, you got to guard what you're looking at. Because all it takes is one picture, one book, one movie, one post, it can mess you all up. You all, all say, oh, man, they posted about me. <laughs> you got to guard against that. On Instagram or MySpace or Snapchat, MySpace is still alive. By the way, some of y'all don't think it's alive. It's alive. I still got my page. Me and Tom are still on there. (laughs) My mom says, who's Tom? (laughs) Okay, so the first one is prayer. Second is to increase your word level. Number three is to possess a clear conscience. We're going to have some ministers um, in October talk about um, conscience, and so look forward to that. Okay, let's look at number four. Is that number four? Uh, pursue peace at all costs. Peace with God and peace with others if possible. So let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall become the children of God, sons of God. Go with me to Romans 12, Romans chapter 12, verse 18. How to fight for your peace? Pursue peace, including forgiving others. You can forgive you should forgive everybody because God has forgiven you, but you don't have to trust them. I love you, I forgive you, but I don't trust you with my kids. I don't trust you with my money. I'm not gonna leave my wallet around. You're not coming to my house. Some relatives, you gotta be like that, right? Say, so I love you. We'll see each other at the funeral, reunions, weddings, but you're not coming near my kids, All right? You gotta be like that. Uh, I got some uncles who are drug dealers and all that stuff. I'm like, hey, you'll never meet my kids. God bless you. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> Praying for you. Hope you get in. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, really hoping to get in. Romans chapter 12. <laughs> Romans chapter 12. You are not to trust everybody. God never tells us to trust everybody. So don't trust people that say all the right stuff to you. People say, oh, you're the greatest preacher there is. You're a liar. I'm going to stay away from you. I'm not the greatest preacher. (laughs) My wife can preach better than me, so I know you're lying. (laughs) So you got to be careful about people flattering you, right? Uh, if they say all the right stuff to you, you're the greatest. And you're like, oh, I'm really the worst in your eyes. I got you. <laughs> they, was like, they was like, oh, Hosanna with Jesus. Hosanna, Hosanna. Oh, and the word Hosanna means Lord save us. Oh, Lord save us. They had the palm trees. Hosanna, they were singing. And then the next weekend, crucify him, crucify him. The very same ones that were praising him were now crucifying. just shows you the human nature. So be careful of those friends who flatter you with words. Like, I know, I'm, I know who I am in God, but I ain't that bad. I <laughs> guess Jesus, oh, you're so anointed. I mean, you walk like the apostle Paul. No, you can write scriptures. No, absolutely not. I'm out of here. You're trying to make me a cult leader. I'm out of here. <laughs> um, Romans chapter 12, verse 18. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says this. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So it is possible to not live peacefully with all because there's some people who are unreasonable. You're just like, I, I tried, I forgave. Sorry. I, I did my best. I, 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 If possible, if possible, leave, live peacefully with everyone. But well, there's some people who are unreasonable. And Paul even prayed, Lord, deliver me from unreasonable and wicked men. And in Proverbs 7 it says, Lord, deliver me from strange women. And I add strange men. There's people who's packing devils and they're unreasonable in their thinking. And nothing you say or do can change them. Think about Judas. He was in the presence of Jesus Almighty and did not change. Still was after the money. Even traded Jesus for silvers of gold. Think about Lucifer, who was in the presence of God Almighty, who led worship and betrayed God Almighty, convinced a third of the angels to follow him in rebellion against God. He was in the perfect environment so I'll let lets you know that you could have, so, you know, leadership is not always in the followership because what about God's leadership and the fact that Lucifer was in his presence and part of his team and yet he betrayed him. That, that's sobering. Jesus in the presence of Jesus and yet walked away. Um, Didymus was in the presence of Apostle Paul Forsook Paul and even John Mark, and when Paul needed him the most, jumped shipped, but then he was restored later on. Then Alexander the coppersmith did Paul much harm and spoke evil of Paul and Timothy. And Paul says, May the Lord reward him according to his to his his um deeds. I'm like, Paul, that's harsh. Where's the love? (laughs) Vengeance is mine. (laughs) So it is possible. You can try your best to live peaceable with all. But there's some people that's unreasonable. And when you come in contact with unreasonable people, walk away. There's nothing you can do. Um, There was a a friend of mine who was witnessing to, uh, she, she had an apartment. In Memphis, Tennessee, and she was witnessing to a friend, I mean, to a, a guy who came up who was trying to t- talk to her. And not in the sense of just, hey, but like swag and all that stuff, trying to talk to her. And, and uh, she's like, so she's, she started witnessing to him. said, hey, you need Jesus. You know, Jesus died for your sins. And, um, and he was like, I don't want that. <laughs> and then the Holy Ghost said to her on the inside, leave him alone. So she left him alone. He moved upstairs with her neighbor upstairs and beat the lady almost half to death, and the Holy Spirit said, that was meant for you. So it pays to not override when you come in contact with an unreasonable person. Leave them alone. Oh, I'm just trying to witness to them. I'm going to win them to Christ. Well, if God can win Lucifer to himself, what makes you think you win everybody, right? Some people, you, you shake the dust off your feet and keep moving. You know, and sometimes the Spirit of the Lord is just like, you know, leave them alone. Don't worry about them. I, I'm going to pray. I'm, you know, you pray for their salvation, but ultimately it's up, there, up to their decision. So, so pursue peace. One last scripture dealing with this, and my time is getting away. Um, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Go over there. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Fight for your peace. Fight for your peace. Hebrews chapter 12, let's look at verse um, 14. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says, strive for peace with everyone. So your goal is to be peaceful with everyone. Let's us know that it's possible that not everybody's going to receive that peace. And for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. King James says, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. No one would see the Lord. So how many know we should strive for peace with everyone and to live holy before God? Righteousness is God's gift to us through Christ. Holiness is our gift to God through Christ. Righteousness, you'll never be more righteous than you are right now, but you can be more holy than you are right now. Holiness is your outward expression of the righteousness state that you are. You are right because Jesus made you right. He transferred his righteousness into us when we got saved. And holiness is how we respond to that. We, bes- we bes- present our bodies as a living sacrifice. We live right, right, holy before the Lord because he's holy. Out of understanding his holiness, we holy. As we behold his holiness, we become holy. Amen. So it says, strive for peace with everyone. Try to be peaceful with everybody. But when people going off and cussing you out, keep it moving. God bless you. And you walk your way. You can't change everybody. There's some situations you just can't. You go in unimpro- and you, You're responsible for your stewardship of your, the peace of God in your life. But you can't invoke that on somebody else unless it's your children. Amen. Hey, you're my child, you're gonna live right. You're gonna serve the Lord. I was praying for my boys. They would sleep. I said, in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord, that they're set apart for the glory of God. They are pure. They'll never know drugs. They'll never know sex outside of marriage. They'll live holy. They they will have the holiness of God upon their life. And when they go to do wrong, I thank you that the Holy Ghost gets a hold of them. And I'm praying all the way into their future, into their teen years. I said, you won't be a rebellious teen. Your mama was a rebellious teen and I wasn't a rebellious teen. So we sow some good seed. In the name of Jesus, they will be righteous teenagers. They will put righteous peer pressure on on their world, their generation. And I go all the way into their 20s and their 30s and their 40s and their 50s in their 80s you will serve God, and you will marry a godly woman, and you will raise godly children, and you will be a leader among leaders, and you will, you will not be a follower. You will only follow Christ and be a leader among your peers. You will lead people to Christ. I go, I go in, in prayer, and they were like, oh, God, just let me alone. I'm trying to go to sleep. In the night, I, I get to anointed them all, I anoint them, plead the blood of Jesus over them. You, you'll marry the right woman. You, you, oh, you'll never be confused about your gender. You, you'll, you'll never see the inside of a hospital, except for when your wife is having kids. In the And I go, and God will give you godly pastors, pa- pastors who are holy and righteous, who, who will faithfully watch over your soul, who will disciple you, be spiritual fathers to you. Yes. <laughs> I'm not afraid of somebody being, oh, you know, I just want to be their spiritual father. I am their spiritual father. But guess what? God can give them many. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, you don't threaten me. As long as you doing do it right by my son and you teach him the ways of God, go for it. <laughs> and that's the way you got to look at it go into the future of your grandchildren. Lord, you'll visit my up to three generations. Blessings, not curses. Blessings. The generation, the blessing upon the thousands of generations. <laughs> the devil let the wrong one get saved. My mom. Let the wrong one. And it's affecting thousands. Amen. Amen. Pursue peace. Alright, um, real quick. Guard your mind. Philippians 4, 6, chapter 4, verse 6 and 12. Let's go there real quick. I promise I'm going to let you go today. You ain't going to beat the Baptist. (laughs) Philippians chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, real quick. Philippians chapter 4, and let's look at verse 6. We looked at 6, but we're going to look at how to fight for your peace right here. How many know that it is our responsibilities for those who are parents, or future parents? Before, when I was a teenager, I was praying for my kids. I was praying for my wife before I was a teenager. When I was little, like six or seven, I was praying for my kids. Uh-huh. How many know you, you can do that? You can, pray, you can shape, shape your future through your prayers. Yeah. Write the narrative. Stop letting life write the narrative for you. You write the narrative through prayer and the word of God. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Change, the, change the trajectory of your children, yeah. of your lineage. We're gonna be healthy. We're gonna be wealthy. We're going to serve God. We're not going to backslide over money. We're not going to backslide over people. Come on. Amen. Philippians chapter 4. Let's look at this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. It tells you how to fight for your peace. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true... Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's any praise, worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned, received, heard, seen in me, practice these things. And that what? The God of peace will be with you. Amen. So it's telling us how to think. You're not to allow your mind to wander. Your mind like to wonder. Listen, you can't stop thoughts from coming, but you don't have to think about them. Just like this. A bird may be going by, but it doesn't have to set up nests in your in your head. Thoughts will come. You can't stop thoughts from coming, but you don't have to think about it. The sin is not thinking the wrong thoughts, it's meditating on it. So as it goes by, thoughts of suicide. Let it keep going. Bye-bye. Kill yourself. Nope, 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 bye. <laughs> Still this. No, no, no. Commit adultery. No, no, no. Uh, uh, um, Cut somebody else? No, no, no. Let it keep going. by. I put on Christ. <laughs> Let the thoughts go by. You can't stop thoughts from coming. But you don't grab hold of it. Satan is the master of suggesting thoughts. He will constantly th- suggest thoughts to you. Just reject. No, 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 not, not me. I'm not signing that contract. Mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. Keep it moving, buddy. The Bible tells us give no place to the devil. Your thought life, give no, don't let your mind go down a certain trail where you start thinking goofy thoughts about God and life. What's the use of life? Nope, Nope. keep it moving. I'm a man of purpose. It doesn't matter how I feel because your feelings come and go. What happens, let me tell you what happens with the devil. He screams, there's a little there's a little imp devil that gets on people's shoulders and when they scream, they'll scream, depression, and all of a sudden a wave of depression will begin to hit you. Like, what a minute, I just I don't even know why I'm supposed to exist. I, I'm just so down. And and because that devil is screaming at you. Go and cuss somebody out. Then somebody says something that offends you. All of a sudden, you oh, these words come up. Like, wait wait a minute. No, 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 no. That's not, the, that's not tongues. <laughs> that's not, that's not the language of the Holy Ghost. No, uh, no, 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 no. I am not going to cuss that person out. I'll bless them in tongues and have them look at me like I'm crazy. But I'm not going to let that word come out. No, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, all kinds of thoughts may be hitting you but you re- reject that by the word of God in your mouth. Amen. Um, think about those things. Okay, last but not least is <clears throat> tear down your high places. Go with me to 2 Chronicles 14. Tear down your high places. Uh-huh. There, so, uh, you know, you read this, as you read the Old Testament, you see, um, it, it often talks about high places. I'm like, what is high places? Is this just somewhere high? <laughs> um, high places. But let me tell you something. High places in the Old Testament was like temples, places where people worship another god. And John Calvin says the human heart is a factory. It's a factory for idols. So your human heart, your sinful nature is constantly Producing idols. Idols are anything that will, will want to take the place of God. So who is sitting upon the throne of your heart? Where, who got your heart? Because whoever got your heart got your life. Whoever got your mind got your life. As a man thinks, so is he. So I got to guard. So I got to tear down these high places. King Asa um he, he was in the city, um, he followed out of his father, and he reigned in his place in these days, for the, and there was rest for 10 years, verse 1. Verse 2, it says, and Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, his God, and he took away foreign altars and high places and broke down the pillars. He broke down the high places. You and I are in charge. If you want to fight for your peace, you got to tear down some high places. You got to pull down some altars, altars of, of, of self-worship, altars of, of the lover of other people more than lover of God, the altar of pleasure. You got to tear down those idols and you got to let the idols know that God is Lord of your life, that Jesus is Lord of your life. Don't ever make anybody more important than the Lord. He's first and foremost. He's the center of your life. Not only is he the first, but he's the center. And it's through him you see everything else. So tear down those high places. If you want your peace, tear down those things. Don't allow another to take the place of God. No person and no thing. No job. Make sure that you're not loving money. The Bible tells us, I told you a lot, Hebrews 13. This is my last scripture. Hebrews chapter 13. The Bible tells us not to love money. It's not nothing wrong with having money, but we're not to love it. We're not to love. Let's look at this real quick. Hebrews chapter 13, verse four. Another way. These are bonuses, by the way. Fight for your peace. This is bonus number seven. Um, Verse four says, let marriage be held in in honor among you. Let the marriage bed be undefiled for God will judge the sexual immoral and adulterous. So if you want your peace, you want to have peace then you need to honor marriage according to the Bible. Amen? Amen. Honor the marriage covenant. When you honor the marriage covenant, you will get peace. (laughs) Come on, fight for your peace. And then it goes on, it says, let not um, God will judge the sexual immoral and adulterous. Verse 5, keep your life free from the love of money. You can't love money and love God. You can't do it. There is a righteous way to pursue money and wealth but you can't love money. You got to choose God or money. Never make a decision based on money. Make a decision based on God. Amen, make your decision. I go to this college because of God, because God is leading me. I take this job because God is leading me. I marry this person because God is leading me. I have these children because God is leading, come on. I I choose this neighborhood because God is leading me. Make decisions with God in mind. Let him run through your mind. He should always be running through your mind. You should be thinking about him all the time. Your brain should be an overload thinking about the Lord. <laughs> you know, they say we only use 10% of our brain. <laughs> I believe the 90% is for the Lord. <laughs> and when you go in eternity, you're going to tap into that 90% and be like, my God, this is blowing my mind what you're doing here in eternity. <laughs> it's going to take all of eternity to know who God is. So let him constantly run through your mind. It says, so don't let the love of money, don't love money. Keep your life free from the love of money. That's one way to pursue peace. The last one is to be content with what you have. Be content. Understand, understand, don't necessarily settle for what you have, but be content with it. Be thankful. Don't be ungrateful. Oh, I I just want something better. Well, thank God for what you have. Amen. And last, it says, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God will never leave us nor forsake us. Be satisfied with the fact that he's with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Every eye open, every head up. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Dwayne, I want to receive Jesus. I'm not saved, and I want to come to the cross. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want you to be bold and brave enough to raise your hand and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Hell is just as real as heaven. But God has heaven reserved for all humanity. He prepared the devil and his angels for hell and eternity. So today is your day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Do not harden your heart if you hear his voice. Whosoever comes to the Lord will in no wise will he cast away. So today is your day for your salvation to come to your house. If you're here and you never received Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, with every eye open, every head up, I want you to be bold and brave enough to say, that's me. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, and I want to make heaven my home. Is there one? Is there one? You say, Pastor Dwayne, I, I once was walking with Christ, but I backslid. I walked away from God. I did some things that I should have done. If that's you, and you say, I want to come back home to Jesus. I want to reclaim my, my status with Jesus, with God through Jesus. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me. I'm coming back home. Is there one? Is there one? Well, I trust everybody is safe and secure in Christ this morning. Thank you so much for coming out and pressing your way through. I know we say we're going to have communion. We'll do it next week because
0: it's getting late. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732 324 2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also,